T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us various podcasting places, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I think iTunes is actually dead now. I think they got rid of iTunes. Really? Yeah. I still have it on my laptop because I've never updated it for the last three three years because it's like, do you want to update? No, it works fine. You want to update? No. And now I know that they're, they got rid of iTunes, so I'm like, I'm not updating because you're going to make me get rid of my iTunes. Totally. I'm so, op- I just opened the app. The app is there. Yeah, but I think they're changing it so that it, it's through Apple Music and there's a subscription oh, thing instead of you just like putting your their songs on there. I mean, my iPhone has the little podcast button. Yes. So that's where I get my podcasts. Yes, that's, yeah. that's a little bit different. But I'm just talking about me as an old school iPod Classic kid who still has an iPod Classic. I uh, use iTunes to put the songs on my iPod. <laughs> and if you're getting rid of iTunes, then what am I supposed to do? Well, yeah, that's true. Use Spotify like everyone else? Yeah, that's true. I've got a bunch of stuff on my computer that uh, is not available on Spotify. Yeah, same. Do- so do I. Yeah. I have a lot of really obscure metal bands that mm-hmm. made like one album and failed, but I liked that album a lot. That's not going to be on Spotify. No. So I started, I went onto Spotify because you make a free account and you can look to see what they have. And like, they have a good amount of the music that I like to listen to, but I was also like, no, 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 <laughs> this is not my music. This is, this is, this is going to limit what I want to listen to. So anyway, that's a long tangent off of the fact that uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Google Play and Stitcher and Radio.com and Omni and Tending to the Fan.com. Uh, and our social media pages, we are on Instagram.com slash Beers on Us. Personal pages, I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick's at P Diddy 85 on Instagram. I actually haven't checked our Beers on Us page in a while. I always like to check to see the messages that we get. I have not looked in a week or so. So if you've sent something, I have yet to see it. I don't know if Patrick has, has looked or not. but um, I haven't looked. I have not. So if you sent us something in the last week or so, apologies, it's probably been on red for a while, but uh, that's just because I haven't opened the app in a little bit. But um, we said last week we would be better about posting. I have yet to make a post. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have either. So whoopsies. I'm so bad at Instagram. I just don't take pictures of things. It's not yeah. something that I'm wired to do. That's why I never had a personal page for myself, because I'm like, I don't take pictures. I don't. That's not like I don't have this thought of like, oh, I'm going to take a picture of this unless like. It's required of me yeah. to be like, oh, you're going to this thing, take pictures. And okay, sure, I'll take pictures. But if I'm not in that mindset and I'm just going, oh, I'm out drinking a beer, my phone is in my pocket or I'm checking sports scores. I know. I have to remember to do it for beer stuff um, because, yeah, I'm the kind of person that when I go places, I like to enjoy it. Yeah. And I never think to just grab my phone. Exactly. I never think to do it. I'll use my phone for other things, but I don't want to. I'm not someone who documents what I'm enjoying. Exactly. My, I, eye, my eyes are documenting. Yep, I do it upstairs. My brain. My, my brain. brain. <laughs> Brains. <laughs> my brand. Um, I know that's a really obscure reference, but that's from that old 1-800-CONTACTS commercial where it's like a really dramatic reading. Don't know it. And uh, 
he like doesn't have his contacts in and he's really upset. And then she holds up and he goes, my brand! Because it was ordered from 1-800-CONTACTS. Anyway, another tangent. <laughs> that makes no sense. Uh, so that's where you can find us uh, all over social media. And that's where you can find the podcast. Wherever you find the podcast, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, it, it helps. And just kind of promoting the podcast and it just makes us feel good. So yeah, uh, do that if you have yet to do so on your various platforms. Uh, we have another In the Brews podcast for you today. I know we did one just a couple of weeks ago, but... Uh, the hits keep on coming. <laughs> it's going to be a slightly different bit of In the Brews today. We are going to have one kind of newsy topic, and that is uh, uh, some a, a big sale went down that we reported on months ago that didn't go down. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. But there's also some uh, some drama. Some drama. We got some reality television brewery world stuff going on on Instagram. It's pretty awesome. And uh, I'm going to allow, in the segment, Patrick Harris to do a dramatic reading of the Instagram battle between two breweries. One very big, one not so big. Yep. Uh, that's a little hint, hint right there. Uh, we're not going to really do a, a Our Week in Beer this week, unless you have something notable you wanted to talk about. I really didn't have anything that was mind-blowing this weekend. Um, I, I live at Breakside Slaptown. Yeah, so you live there. there. We go. You have a bed upstairs. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, so nothing was groundbreaking for me. Uh, I did get myself a, a citrus liquor for this weekend. Oh, nice. I saw it on the shelf, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to have that. Because yeah. I haven't had it since the podcast. Yeah, that beer was good. Uh, so I got that. I also found the Peanut Butter Cup Epic uh, Big Bad Baptist Imperial Stout, which I had yet to find uh, myself. I'd seen pictures of it, and I, and I had the regular Imperial Stout. Mm -hmm. But I saw it on the shelf, and I went, I don't care if it's $19. I have to try this. Give it to me now. <laughs> so I bought that as well. Cool. Uh, so that'll be drank this weekend. So next week, I'll have a little interesting uh, weekend beer to at least discuss that one. Uh, and it's not actually made with peanut butter. It just has cacao nibs or cocoa nibs, however you want to say it, uh, vanilla, and peanuts. Mm. So there's actually no peanut butter anything in there. So nice. I'm curious how that flavor is going to kind of come in. How but... it wraps around. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, but yeah, let's get right into the end of the bruise. Uh, we'll start with the kind of quick, easy thing before we get into the dramatic reading of the drama on Instagram, and that is that Anheuser-Busch, AB Bev has purchased Craft Beer Alliance months after they decided to not purchase Craft Beer Alliance. Yep. And um, what was it, $220 million? Is that what they purchased it $220 for? $220 million was the purchase to get all of CBA, which is Red Hook, Kona, and Widmer. Uh, and I believe... And don't quote me on this because I don't fully remember when we reported this. They already owned like 49% or 50% of it. Mm -hmm. And to buy the rest of it, it was going to be something like double that price. Yeah, it was supposed to be something around like $400 million to purchase the other the remaining assets of CBA. Otherwise, they had to pay like a $40 million fine. Uh, so they paid the $40 million Which fine. they did. They paid the fine. And uh, because of them balking at that price and then waiting a couple of months cba just was like please buy us yeah give us any money basically i mean please anheuser-busch comes in and gets the remaining 50 percent of those assets for half the price half the price plus the 40 million dollar fine which is still basically half the price mm -hmm. total and uh, they get what they wanted and they had to pay half of it so i mean look uh, I, I always say this and i'm not as anti-big beer as as you are or some other listeners are um I understand it's a business, and if you want to sell, I get it, right? If you want to make a boatload of money off of it, I get it. Uh, bravo to CBA for making $220 million on the, the second half of their assets, right? Yeah. Like, that's a good chunk of change to make for yourself um, to then go and live the rest of your life in a happy beach environment retired, <laughs> in right? In Tahiti, here we go. So 
in that sense, congrats to you guys for getting that. I'm sorry it was half of what you were asking for, but at least you still got it sold for a large chunk of money. Uh, obviously, it's not all going to one person that's uh, going to multiple brewers and breweries and stuff who are in the CBA. But um, so in that sense, it's like, okay, cool, like good on you. But and these are not brands that necessarily impact me. I don't drink Kona. I, I haven't drank Widmere for a very long time unless forced to at Moda Center. And I uh, have never had Red Hook ever. Oh, so I've been to Red Hook. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where it is. It's in Seattle. Red Hook's an OG brewery. Like they've been around for a long I've time. I've heard of them. I've you, seen them on shelves. I just never had you them. I used to drink their stuff all the time. Um, it's just, it doesn't affect me personally, but it's still a little bit sad to see more brands go by the wayside of going to Big Beer. And I know we've teased this for the entirety of this podcast. We will tackle Big Beer. Maybe this is a good lead-in segment to tackle Big Beer maybe next week or something. Yeah. Uh, because it's kind of leading into it with both of our topics. But uh, I, I understand that selling it is good and gives you all that money, but it sucks as a, just a consumer who gets no impact of that money to see breweries go away and be sold to Big Beer and most likely have the quality reduced due to uh, quicker pr- production methods yeah it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there are rumors floating around that if anheuser-busch were to purchase the remaining assets of cba that they would move the entire facility to fort collins colorado that's the rumor because i heard something along the lines of they might save three cents a barrel uh due to taxes or something like that which when you make as much beer as they make that's a lot of dollars yeah that's a lot of dollars so i think this is effectively the one of the ends of Widmer <clears throat> in the sense that I wouldn't be shocked if they just make Widmer Hefeweizen and kibosh everything else, uh, especially if they pull it out of Portland. What's really what I find the most intriguing about the whole thing is, is well, let me backtrack real quick. Kona is the asset. That is what they're buying. They don't care about Widmer. They don't care about Red Hook. Red Hook's uh, essentially a dead brand, and Widmer just does the Hef and some local garbage. The brand they want is Kona because Kona has been on the rise. Uh, I think in 2018, they did a 19% increase in sales. So that's a big deal. That's the brand they want. I think people see, you know, the longboard pale or or whatever their beers are and they think Hawaii. Oh, this is cool. Blah, blah, blah. I also think it it's obviously, quote unquote, craft beer on a shelf full of Coors Light, Bud Light and stuff like that. You see Kona right. and you're like. Oh, I can try a pale from a brewery that's that in their minds is craft beer and now mm-hmm. is no longer craft and beer. And I know people I know there's screaming discounts. It's really cheap beer to buy at Costco. Uh, my my stepbrother had a engagement party and I went up there and their coolers were just full of Kona. And I was like, Where why'd you buy all this Kona? He was like, We're at Costco, it was cheap. So that's a that's a good thing for yeah. you right there. Um so what really intrigues me is if they do leave, what goes into that building? Uh I think, yeah, we did we did mention that. Last time we brought this up, because that building is huge mm-hmm. and it's state of the art. It is state of the art. And it is one of the nicest breweries in the Pacific Northwest. And they've got like two or three buildings that they own down there mm-hmm. as well. A, they, they have their huge warehouse distribution facility. They've Which is got, also like a event center. I've, I went to like a party there once. They've, they've got giant tanks in there. They have one of the best labs of any brewery in the Northwest. So it it's going to be interesting. Do they just sell off all the equipment and that building goes to somebody else? Do they bring the equipment with them to Fort Collins? Yeah, yeah. Does does a brewery move in there, buy it turnkey or whatever, you know? And But the question is, is like, what brewery can afford to do that? Uh, Ninkasi? Pro- probably not many. Yeah, maybe Ninkasi, which doesn't really have a Portland presence. Um, but they're buying up all these smaller breweries. Right. Maybe this is their place to do that kind of stuff. I don't know. I mean... It- 
It could be another big, big beer led brewery like Ten Barrel, right? They have all the money from. They're also AB and B, right? Yeah. Uh, that would be weird that they would remove Woodmer, but then put the. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be weird. They put their own other brand in there. Yeah, they could. They could turn it into a production a, facility, a or Budweiser facility for the West Coast. Oh boy, you know, I mean that. It could that could happen, yeah. It's a big chunk of land, and there's a lot of really, really nice equipment in there. I'm, it's not in the best location, in my opinion. No, uh, which is why the tap room kind of failed. Right. But you don't. You, I mean, I think it's a bad idea to not have a tap room. But you don't need a tap room if you're AB and Bev. If you just need a facility to brew a bunch of beer, that could be it. But if it's cheaper to do it in a different state, maybe you just cut and run. Yeah. Uh, they don't care. They don't have any allegiance to Portland. Right, of course. They don't give an S about that building. They don't give an S about anywhere. They uh-uh. just care about money. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, it'd be way too expensive for even, like, a top-of-the-line top brewery in the city that has multiple locations. I bet you that'd probably be too expensive to open that location. <laughs> Breakside Brewery's not moving in there. No. Freem is not moving in there. No. Boneyard is not moving Deschutes in there. Deschutes isn't moving in no, there. No, no. So it, it's just going to be interesting to see. I'm I'm more intrigued about what happens with the building. Because I could, I could give a damn about what happens to Widmer. I mean, I wrote those guys off a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, the, the final mention of Widmer in beer terms in this podcast was our Let's Experiment episode where we found out that uh, in the supermarket, the beer we were drinking was six months old. Yeah. And extremely oxidized. Mm-hmm. And, not and it was very just good. not fun. Yeah. It was not a fun episode. Well, no. it kind of was it for was fu- It was a fun purposes. experiment, experimentation, but it was not fun to drink that beer. No. Um. But yeah, so that's that's piece of news number one. That was just I saw that roll across Oregon live the other day, and I was like, oh, I thought this didn't go, this didn't happen. Oh, they were just hardballing them and making yep. the price come down. I wouldn't be shocked if the next time we mention Widmer on this program is the death of their brand. Yeah, that wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. be shocked if that's the next time we mention Widmer. Which, in some senses, is really really depressing for sure. But also, it's the same thing as um, like rock bottom closing. You're like, yeah, are you really surprised? Yeah, hazy since 1986. Yeah. All right, now to the drama. Oh yeah, get that pulled up on your phone. I got. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Get it done. Got it. We've got a dramatic reading upcoming mm-hmm. of a social media war between Ten, Ten Barrel, Barrel and Flattail and Flattail. Flattail out, out of Corvallis. Flattail is a small brewery in Corvallis. They make um, they make all different types of beer, but they're really famous for doing like. These like pink lemonade sours and these kind of kettle sours that are really approachable, easy to drink, low price point. Um, and I've had a, a bunch of these. They're they're pretty good. They're pretty good beers. I mean, I don't necessarily gravitate to that style of beer when I'm drinking at home, but when I've had those beers, I've enjoyed them. So I think Flat Tail is 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 a good little brewery in Corvallis. Good little brewery. <laughs> they they posted on Instagram uh, three pictures. Uh, and called out Ten Barrel and Anheuser-Busch. The first picture is this giant semi of, it says Ten Barrel Brewing on it, and it says Damn Good Beer with the Oregon State Beaver logo on it. Damn spelled like Beaver Dam. Like D-A-M. Beaver Dam. It's black and orange, and apparently they have now teamed up with Oregon State for something. I wouldn't be shocked if it's their fermentation science program, their hop experimentation growth and all that kind of stuff. Or just putting their beer in the stadium. Or just putting their beer in the stadium. Do they have beer at at Reeser? Reeser might have beer. Yeah, I don't Um, know for sure. I don't keep track because I know Martin Stadium and Pullman, Washington should never sell beer. So I haven't really kept track on who does. I know Autzen sells beer. They they just started recently. That's a big Hop Valley spot is Autzen. So they've got that Miller Coors lined up for Hop Valley. So anyway, there's this giant truck driving by their brewery and flat tail posts on Instagram. 
It's no secret you can steal a lot of intellectual property when you've got that sweet, sweet Anheuser-Busch money. But seriously, 10 Barrel Brewing, did you have to drive it past our brew house? Can't wait to get a cease and desist for using my own slogan, XOXO, Flat Tail Dave. Uh, that is their logo. Their slogan is yes. damn good beer. And it has been since, since they, they started. Since they started. Right. So they post that. There's another picture that says damn good beer with some bottles on it with a note on it. Love, Dave. And it says, seriously, F you guys. And it F is spelled yeah, out. All of the curses you're about to hear uh, shortened are fully spelled out. Are in the, fully in these spelled posts. out. And then the third picture is their brew staff in the brewery holding a banner that says damn good beer, Corvallis, Oregon, flat tail. And they're all flipping the bird at the camera. Okay. Which I love. I love. That, it, that is a trend. We saw it at GABF. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen it at all sorts of awards. Uh, the breweries that are not being sold or, or will never be sold flip off the breweries that yep. sell sell to big or, or oh my God, the breweries that uh, are bought by big beer and big beer themselves. Yeah. And I give a ton of respect to any small brewery that's not going to get pushed around. You know, yeah, if Anheuser-Busch wants to come at you with a bunch of money, they might win because they've got a ton of money. But for Flat Tail to just kind of throw up middle fingers, literally, and say, F you, literally, uh, th- that warms a little spot in my heart. Then Ten Barrel responds. Mm. This is where you lose it. Like, you just do not engage. Like, do not engage. If there's anything like, like us at Breakside, we make this beer called Kids These Hays. And the label on it, there are three different labels. And it is kids kissing, taking a selfie. And each label, one is a man and a woman, one is two men, and one is two women. It's kind of our little, like, equality plus yeah. kind of little fun thing to throw out there. You know, we have been contacted by various groups that do not appreciate that. And our motto is we do not engage with bigots. And that's the kind of thing. Because you engage with people, and it lights them up. <clears throat> Ten Barrel made that mistake and decided to engage with Flat Tail and said, quote, sorry at Flat Tail Brewing, we had no idea you guys were using this tagline. We're just stoked on our new partnership with Oregon State. Guess great minds think alike. Although your photo and post doesn't inspire community, our founders and Beaver alum have come up with a couple of ideas as solutions. Our founders will challenge your best drinkers to a boat race. Winner gets the slogan. Or we can change out the graphics to something more fitting for us like hashtag damn better beer. Hashtag beavers should work together. Hashtag worry about the ducks. Hashtag why old guy flip us off. Hashtag next time call us. Hashtag we would have changed it. Hashtag not now. So the beginning of that post, I'm like, okay, it's, you know, they're being nice. They're doing the whole corporate response thing. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, cool. Like they understand. And then they get to the point where our idea is to have a race where the winner gets to keep the slogan. I'm sorry. The slogan that you just took. Yeah. From flat tail. Yeah. You're now holding against them and saying, if we win this race, we get to keep the slogan. No. Yeah. You can't. Th- that was their slogan. <laughs> yep. For, uh, for a long time. You put it on one truck and now you want to keep it just because of the, the, the Beaver relationship? Come on now. And, and this thing is just so riddled with contradictions. Like, y- although your photo and post doesn't inspire community, oh, but you... Purchasing and trying to shut down craft breweries inspires community. Oh, yeah, you're really doing a good one for us craft brewers out there in the world. Also, hashtag why old guy flip us off. What is that about? Just calling out some dude because he's older? Yeah, I don't know. And hashtag damn better beer. So you're like sitting here trying to 
be nice and be, you know, apologetic. And then then you're not. (laughs) And find a solution. And then you just take shots. Yeah. And it's probably because there's a 26-year-old, no offense to 26-year-olds out there listening right now, that probably runs the 10-barrel account and might not have a job today. Maybe. Because this is not how you do it. I would not be. Yeah. That was my my first thought. I was like, really? 10-barrel? And I was like, okay. So 10-barrel is a massive brewery. They've got locations in multiple states. There's not just some like local guy at the local brewery running that account. Like, who's? Oh no! I'm sure it is governed by AB and Bev. Yeah, they have a social media manager. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that person does not have a job after this. Maybe not. Flattail responds, and this is like one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I can't wait to see these people uh, the next time I get the chance, and I'm really looking forward to OBAs right now. Because that's coming up in a couple months, and this won't die by then. People will still be talking about it and laughing about it. Flattail responds with, holy bleep, at 10 Barrel Brewing. You mean this whole time all we had to do to get big beer off our backs was ask politely? Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Dear AB InBev and Molson Coors Brewing and everyone you own, number one, stop engaging in hashtag pay-to-play at on-off-premise accounts like giving away snowboards at your promos. Number two, stop bribing, pressuring distributors to sell your products ahead of other brands. Number three, stop using your smaller faux craft brands to promote diversity and progressive agendas while simultaneously funneling millions into organizations and PACs that support the opposite. Number four, don't make fun of Jim just because he's the only employee over 40 in a company full of millennials. That's punishment enough. Hashtag dick move. Hashtag ageism. And number five, this one's my all-time favorite. Don't pretend to be the good guys while literally ransoming our own slogan back to us. That's That one's a special kind of WTF. XOXO, Dave. Great response. I love it. That's uh, one, That one's a special kind of WTF. Right. I, I mean... I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find some sort of dramatic music to play underneath this portion of our conversation <laughs> on the podcast, just so it's got a little bit more oomph to it. But um, that, that is uh, that's drama. That's drama. All right. Good. Good on uh, Flattail for standing up for themselves and standing up for non-big beer. Um, I didn't know any of the things that they talked about in that post. As yeah. a regular consumer, I'm like, what is pay to play? Like what? So those things are not things that I knew about, but I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not going to assume that they're lying if they're putting it out on social media and some sort of a, a pet pettiness fest. No, but, but it's, it's a real thing. I know that when I, you know, I was a beer, I, I was a beer buyer for a little bit in, in previous jobs and I've met with reps. I was working in Lake Oswego, which isn't a big beer town. And I was meeting with reps from Point Blank, Miletus, Columbia, General at the time was, was still around. Block 15, self-distro, stuff like that. And we would get really good stuff that some of the really cool pubs and bottle shops in town were getting. And one day I was like, hey, I don't mean to like jinx myself, but why am I able to get all this great beer? And they basically told me because they have, there are so many restaurants and bars in that town that basically have under the table agreements with some distributors that they only buy products from them. And that is illegal. That is massively illegal. And so they were like, well, I only got, you know, two kegs allocated for the entire Lake Oswego area. Do you want both of them? And you're like, yeah, I do. Because nobody else will buy them because Anheuser-Busch can walk in and they can set you up with a whole new draft system and free cleanings and all this kind of stuff to get you to continue to buy beer from them. Mm. And that's illegal. And that is 
a massive hindrance on the game. If you talk to Ben Parsons, the owner of Berlick, Ben is the kind of guy that he hates distribution. He hates it so much, and that's a big reason why. That's why they self-distribute. That's why they self-distribute. And he is so spot on when he talks about that stuff. Like, I don't mean to speak for Breakside, but as as a bigger brewery that makes really quality product that people seek, I don't think we necessarily have to deal with that. But the smaller breweries that are just fighting that are making good beer but don't have as big of a name recognition, like, they're the ones that get hurt by that. They're the ones, like, that's why you're seeing Kona Lager instead of, you know, Wayfinder Hell, you know, and that's that's a bunch of BS. That's a bunch of garbage. So that's your pay to play. And I'm, and I'm proud of Flattail for calling them out because it's absolute garbage, and they push their weight around, and that's the whole point of big beer, buying craft beer, is to push us all out and make us lose jobs. I like that line where they said, stop using your faux craft b- brands. Because it's interesting because I think that's something that I've always looked at as a positive is, sure, 10 Barrel was purchased, right? Mm-hmm. But you've still got, what is it, Whitney in the in the Portland brewery mm-hmm. making great beer. Yeah. Like, she makes really good beer in, out of yep. the Portland pub. It's usually kept locally to us. Uh, and it's like you can still enjoy going to 10 Barrel purely because you, she makes good beer. And they've got good food there and stuff. And it's a nice spot. The up yep. there, upstairs deck is cool. But that line was kind of interesting to me. It's like they buy all these breweries. And then they push out like the re- or they they promote the really big brands as still being craft beer, but they're not. It's just not. And they do all the things that craft beer does, but they're only doing that to maintain an image that they don't believe. Right. And that's that's. I mean, it's smart. If you're ABM Bev, that's smart. It's super smart. Um, but it's also really shady. You're so, lying. Yeah. You're 100 percent lying to the consumer. Yeah. And and you're you know that what you're doing is going to damage the other craft breweries because you're keeping the craft beer that you have out in the forefront and people will be I don't want to say tricked because if you want to have Timberell fine have Timberell I'll still drink Timberell sometimes because I do like some of their beer um, but you're being tricked into thinking you're drinking local craft beer when you're not nope you're drinking formerly local craft beer sure it's made here the artist formerly known as Timberell <laughs> yeah sure it's made here and they're employed you know they employ local people but that doesn't make it local right not it, when the money's funneling to Belgium yes you know and also the ones you're getting at the supermarket might not be made local anymore Right. Like Apocalypse IPA or all that I mean, kind of I, stuff. I'm pretty sure everything's still made in Bend at a giant fancy schmancy facility, but yeah, it just, it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. I can drink so much better stuff. I, uh, we're collabing with Sun River today at Slabtown, and I met a couple of Sun River brewers. I'll drink your beer all day. Yeah. I told them that. I said, keep making great beer. Your beer is awesome. <laughs> I will drink your beer forever. Well, there's our latest episode of In the Brews. Uh, some drama. Some drama, as well as uh, if anything, if anything more comes from this, we will for sure report oh, yeah, this, back. This, this, this is one of my 2019 stories of the year. This could be a consistently once a week updated thing. Although, if our guess is correct, uh, I think ABM Bev is going to go ahead and stop responding. Yes, yes. Uh, so we might not see much more from this outside of maybe there's like an update, like oh they they kissed and made up and it was okay. It was all I, okay. I doubt it. <laughs> I know, but maybe that pops up. Like I, I don't know. Like shady things can happen, you know? All right, so that's going to do it for our, our this episode, hour of this episode, this episode of In the Brews. Uh, coming up next, we have a beer of the week that Patrick said he's very, very excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not really sure. You said it's something that we've had before, but it's not. Yep. And I'm very confused. Yep. And frightened, but nope. excited. Don't be frightened. This okay. is really cool. Okay. Beer of the week next. Beers and us, Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harrison. Look, I'm going to skip all the uh, the little introductions <laughs> and the BS that we do. Patrick, I told you this was exciting. Patrick slid in the Beer of the Week 
not one, but two. And he brought in four glasses, and I was like, what on earth is happening? And I saw sticky hands, and I was like, oh, I haven't had sticky hands in a long time. And then I saw sticky hands, and I went, why are there two sticky hands? And the one sticky hands is the regular sticky hands, and the other sticky hands has a record on it. Yep. And uh, I'm confused and intrigued and very excited. There are four glasses. There's two glasses for each of us. I want to drink it now. Let's go. Explain Explain <laughs> what's happening to me. Sure. Go! So, so. No! <laughs> so, I've ah! got, so I've got a regular a regular batch of sticky hands that was packaged on October 28th. I think it's the freshest sticky, freshest regular sticky out on the market right now. So it's a couple weeks old, but I actually like my sticky hands a little couple weeks old. Just personally, even though they want you to drink it yesterday. Um, so I grabbed one of those because I wanted to compare it with the newest Sticky Hands that hit the market, which is Greatest Hits. Now, Sticky Hands has been known in the past to do some, some like, one-offs with Sticky Hands. There's Oasis, there's Tropical Slam, there's all this stuff. I, I saw did not some, know that. I saw some stuff on the internet. Usually, if you ever see Sticky Hands with a green tab, that means it's special. Okay. This like one does not have a different. green tab. It doesn't, but it has its own label. Yeah. So on it, it says, Greatest Hits, Volume 1, Reissued. A hoppy compilation of ingredients and techniques from the Sticky Hands biography. On track one, Thomas Fawcett Pale Malt lays down a baseline with bready and toasty grist notes. Increased wheat malt follows on track two, adding depth and body. Tracks three, four, and five feature citrusy, tropical, and resinous kettle hop additions. Quoting from Citrus Slam in 2013, Man on the Moon 2013, and The Kind 2014. A double dry hopping feature encores from fan favorites Tropical Slam 2014 and Marmalade 2016 completes this record of Sticky Hands' greatest hits. So they're basically taking techniques from all these different Sticky Hands they made. And putting them in one? And putting them in one. Wow. Okay. So I figured we can't just, because we'll just taste and be like, wow, this Sticky Hands tastes good, but I... I have sticky hands in my fridge right now. Yeah. And so I opted to just grab one of those. So you're pouring- I drank two of these the other night, by the way. Hanging out with my girlfriend, I drank two of these. The greatest hits or the regular? The regular. Man, it, it knocks you down Yes, quickly. it does. Yes, it does. I was chatting with my buddy Tyler, who works at Cerveza, and back in the day, we used to- you go home and kill a four-pack, no problem. You're like, I love sticky hands, and you kill a four-pack, and the next day you woke up and you just- hated life <laughs> just absolutely hated life uh for those of you that haven't had sticky hands before it's like having a fresh hop beer all year long yeah this beer is really really cool block 15 calls it the hop experience ale um it's been a beer that's been around for a long time people used to chase trucks deliveries because they always wanted to find sticky hands it usually comes out really fresh block 15 another self-distributed brewery uh and it's just very hoppy like it's it's got a lot of awesome character hop wise it can be dank it can be resinous it can be fruity it can be pine forward tropical all different kinds of stuff <clears throat> and sometimes we feel like not all batches are the same in a positive way <clears throat> and so to see these one-offs are just really exciting and sticky hands is just an, an awesome beer that hop lovers rejoice and love i don't know if it could ever hit in a competition because i don't think it fits any like technical styles i think block is just being block and making a well, didn't she say that Block 15 doesn't usually enter their beer into too many competitions? No, they're cavalier. They they do what they want, and that's why I love and respect them. Um, so I'm drinking the original first. I think that's the right way to go about this. Have that couple of sips. Um, this one is hitting a little bit less resinous and a little bit more piney to me. There's a little bit more of that pine flavor coming through. I've, I've had sticky hands in the past where it feels like I'm having a true fresh hop, like Ex Novo beer, mm -hmm. where it's like, whoa, there's the vegetation yeah, in there. Yeah. Uh, this one's a little bit less of that and just... 
I mean, it's great. It's great. I love sticky hands, but it's it's got more of kind of the piney, citrusy vibe going on to me. It could be the age on it, you know. It could be that it's two weeks old, because um, and that could be why I like sticky hands a little older because I think a lot more, a lot more of the tasting notes from the hops come through after a few weeks as opposed to just being like straight hop character, but actually like the more complex flavors and aromas that come out of hops come through it. Uh, I don't know what it, I go in waves with this beer. Um, it's not I go in waves in the sense not that I like it sometimes and don't like it other times. I drink a lot of it at some points and then I don't have it for a while. And I think that's a good move to have. I, I do that not intentionally, but uh, I, I saw this in, the, in New Seasons the other day. And I was like, man, I haven't had a sticky hands in a long time. Mm-hmm. And last time I had had it, I had it like five weeks in a row. So you're right. It's kind of just like you you drink it and you're like, yep, I want another sticky hands. Yep, I want another sticky hands. Uh, ooh, another beer. Ooh, another beer. But I know Dave at Bridgetown Beer House, he tries to keep sticky hands on at all times. I think Alefire, the new hot sauce beer shop where Tin Bucket used to be on Williams, I think they try to keep it on all the time. I'm pretty sure um, Apex well, a, keeps it on all the time. It's a delightful beer. Yeah, it's great. But I can't drink it too much. I like I like time in between because then when you go back to it, you can kind of be you kind of have that almost first love impression again. You know, oh God, there's sticky hands. Ah, that beer is great. As opposed to just like dumbing down your palate over and over. Plus, it's dangerous to drink double IPAs all day. <laughs> this is the only double IPA I like. I mean, that's not true. I've had double IPAs that I like. This is the only one I'm going to buy and drink multiple of. It's not a double IPA, Patrick. It's a hop experience ale. Sure, it's eight percent. That does not mean double IPA. <laughs> I forgot. Bourbon Barrel Stout Boy over here thinks 8.1 <laughs> is rookie status. <laughs> I did have a uh, 12% beer the other day. Um, so the second one, so I just I just took a couple sips of the greatest hits. It is very different. Um, I'm having a little bit of trouble kind of discerning the flavors. I think the first thing I notice is this one is more bitter mm-hmm. than the one that is out now. Like the, old, like the original Sticky Hands or the classic Sticky Hands, I guess is a better way to call it. It tastes... This one, the the greatest hits, tastes more bitter. Yeah. Um, there's also more depth of flavor to it, and I, I'm not sure if that's kind of a power of suggestion thing because I I listened to you read the can and it was like track one is this, track two is this, but I do kind of feel like I get different flavors quickly on the palate. Like they're not they're not hanging around too much, but it's like oh this is different. Oh that's oh, 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 okay. There's the bitterness of the hops. Okay, and then I'm swallowing the drink. Um, I don't know if I like it better, but I like that it's different. I'm getting a lot of malt characteristic. Are you? I get I get so much more body in this than than the other one. Um, it talks about the 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 pale malt is from their 2012 version, their the OG 2012 version, and then there's an increased wheat malt like the 2015 OG. Ooh, I do get some of the wheat. Yeah. So that is I, a flavor that's kind of resonating at the end. So this is I think this has just got that big bigger body to it. I love the hop character in it, but I want I'm gonna go find another one of these beers and drink it in two weeks. And just see what it tastes see like. See what two it weeks. tastes like then. Yeah. Because it just tastes kind of young to me. Like and maybe that that could be a power perception in my brain of how I view sticky hands. Um I just first off, I want to stop and have this Quick, quick thought, real quick. I love that we are breaking down sticky hands, and well, I like this batch more than that batch because this is literally what everybody that drinks sticky hands does. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Everybody's like, well, I think the last patch had a lot more citra hop in it. And derp, 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 derp. Um, I've not experienced that. So this is my first time doing it. And it's very natural. It's not not because other people have done it. <laughs> no, side note. It's just I just know a lot of people like this is what we used to talk about sticky hands like five, six right, years right. ago. Um, funny enough. I mean, yeah, there's malt in it. I can, I, I can tell that it's got more body. I like the other one better. I like, like the, the less OG? malty one better. Uh, well, I like the the classic mm-hmm. better. Classic. The, the current iteration of Sticky Hands. Because it doesn't have the malt. Because when I drink this beer, I want that hop flavor. Mm-hmm. And this one, although good, is kind of knocking that hop flavor down to just being bitter. Whereas I am getting more of that wheat that's coming in. And I guess I'm not really great at picking out malt flavor. Unless it's like, hey, this is a malty beer. Uh, but... The body's better. It's thicker. So I, I guess that could be the malt in, in my mind. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm with you. I think I like the, the 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 current iteration of the classic sticky hands a little bit more. But I think a lot of that has to do with the big reason why I don't drink a lot of beers like this. I, I don't drink a lot of high ABV hoppy beers, and I think it's because I find the body too much. The body's too much. There's too much residual sweetness. Although I don't find too much residual sweetness in this beer, I just think the body's a little too big. It feels like I'm drinking an 8% IPA. To where the classic, to me, is just a really hoppy, slightly boozy IPA. It's a flavorful IPA, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in my opinion. So, there you go. There's our beer of the week. We got a Sticky Hands, and we got a Sticky Hands Greatest Hits, which I have yet to see on the shelf. So, if you can go see it. Uh, out there, go give it a try and try to get both of them and, and do a little taste test. It's kind of fun to do taste tests like this next yeah. to each other. Uh, we've done this before. I forget what it was. Um, we had two of the same. Did you bring like uh, two different years of something in once? Um, you might have done that. I don't remember. Ooh, some, I don't remember. At some point, we might have done that. It's fun to do. Um, anyway, so that's our beer of the week. It's Block 15 Sticky Hands Greatest Hits as well as Block 15 Sticky Hands. And period. Um, Sierra Nevada Paleo. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, All right, so that's going to do it for the episode today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Like I said, it might just be a natural progression to do our Big Beer episode next week because we've kind of already broached some of those topics, but we've kind of been skirting it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It might be a good time to talk about that. Just dive in on it. To dive in on it. I don't know if there's a guest who could help us with it, but um, it, it doesn't have to be a guest who has necessarily been purchased and maybe someone who's been approached or something yeah. and be willing to talk about it. Uh, if there is, great. If not, it'll just be us talking about it. But um, we'll likely do that next week unless something else comes up. I know we're still working on the distribution episode that have kind of fallen through the cracks. But uh, So if that just happens to work next week, then we'll probably do that instead. But um, that's likely what's coming next week. Uh, follow us, Instagram.com slash Beers and Us. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick's at PDiddy085 on Instagram. And then uh, sub, like, review, star rate whatever on the various platforms you can find the podcast which is apple podcast google play radio.com stitcher 1080 the omni and uh it helps us out so thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week traces We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.